It is a privilege and an honor, and uh, we were here a few months ago and got to meet so many of you, and uh, what God is doing here is just remarkable. It's, it's, it's a God thing, and, and uh, we're so excited to be part of that, and we honor all the staff, the wonderful founders of this community, and the great people of God that has joined this place, uh, and the wonderful staff today that we get to uh, ordain into full anointed ministry and service in the kingdom. It's just a special, special time. And uh, Pastor David Butler is, uh, I, I, mentioned, I might have said this the last time I was here, but uh, when I had him preach the first time, he preached almost as good the first time he ever preached that he preaches right now. I'm going, man, alive. I, first time I was up, I ran out of the pulpit. I couldn't get done. I was so nervous. But uh, uh, David has been such a gifted and anointed vessel and uh, we honor him. And uh, thank you for honoring him as a senior pastor at this church. Uh, I'll, I'll say more about that in just a moment. Uh, just a little funny story I read uh, this week. Uh, Dr. Billy Graham, who's now with the Lord, a great, incredible evangelist and uh, man of God that served our nation and the world uh, hardly like no other, uh, was flying in to, uh, back to North Carolina from a crusade. And so his chauffeur... And the limousine picks him up, and uh, he said to the chauffeur, he said, uh, you know, he said, you've been driving me all these years. He said, I've always in my heart really wanted one time to drive a limo. And the guy said, Dr. Graham, no, you need to get in the So Dr. Graham kept talking to him, and finally he agreed. So the driver of the limo gets in the back seat. Dr. Graham gets in the front seat and heads off down the freeway. Gets a little bit too fast, and... Uh, North Carolina State Trooper pulls him over. It's a young, a young trooper just out of the academy. And, and so he, 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 he gets up to the car and he looks in and he sees Dr. Graham behind the wheel. Uh, so he shakes his head and he goes back and gets on his radio and he calls the dispatcher. He said, when we were in the academy, we were told that every once in a while we may stop a very important person and that we should probably offer some kind of courtesy from the state to, to that person, and I think I may have, have stopped a very important person. And so the dispatcher said, well, is it a senator? He said, no, no, it's not a senator. said, uh, well, said, is it the governor? S- said, no, no, it's not the governor. said, you must mean the president of the United States. He said, no, I think it's Jesus. Because <laughs> Billy Graham's his chauffeur. You know, and at the end of the day, all of us, our real job is to show for the Lord, is to show for His presence and usher His presence into the lives of, of men and women. And that's what this church is doing in a special way. And Pastor David, thank you for your leadership today. And I'm so greatly honored to be, be with you and uh, with this great, great staff today. When Brother Isaac was praying over the service today, before we started church, I heard him use one, one word three different times, and that word was honor. He's, he prayed, Lord, let us honor you today. He prayed, God, may our lives as we leave today honor you in this community. And may we all collectively bring honor to the name of Jesus. And that word honor jumped at me because that's what I want to talk about today for just a few moments. Uh, in this service, we're going to be honoring some incredible men and women here today, and I am so thrilled. 
I love, I, there, there are great things, there are things, I love births, I love weddings, I love graduations, uh, I love ordinations. It speaks of a new beginning, it speaks of something that has unlimited possibilities. That what's going to happen here today will be, there's nothing happening in Dallas County or Tarrant County today that's more important than what's going to take place in this room in the spirit realm. Angels will take notice today. There will be a release of greater anointings and greater authorities and breakthroughs in our lives today because of ordination and because that there are men and women in this place that, that know how to bring honor to the Lord. So, so, Brother Isaac, thank you, sir, for that wonderful prayer. Jesus answered in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus makes this startling announcement. He takes all of the Old Testament like an accordion. And he squeezes it together. Every law, every verse, every chapter, every commandment. And he says, all of the law and commandments hinge or hang on these two. He condenses, he squeezes all the air out of the box until all is left. If he said, if you will do these two things, all the law will be fulfilled in your life. Number one, love God with all your heart, with everything you have in that relationship. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Because he knew that if we love our neighbor or honored our neighbor, we wouldn't steal from our neighbor. He knew that if we honored our neighbor, we wouldn't commit adultery with our neighbor. He knew that if, if we honored our neighbor, we would not bear false witness. So Christ brings together this amazing, and, the, and, and you can't separate these two words. Honor and love. Now, they're not the same word, to be sure, but the root words cannot be separated. You can't have love without having honor. You can't have honor without having love. And so Jesus wails together these two concepts. And he says to all of us, number one job for everybody in the whole world is to love God with everything you have. Number two, find a way to love your neighbor as yourself. That is bringing honor. And so this beautiful word service today about honor is not just for the seven men and women that will be ordained. It is a call of God to all of us. And, and I heard the praise leader say this today, and, and I was so touched and blessed by the praise team today. Thank you all so much. But I heard him say today, fill in the blank as to how you can better serve the Lord or be of service to the Lord. And that's what it's all about today. Everyone in this room should ask yourself the question, how can I not only honor God, but how can I honor my fellow man? Jesus said it's impossible to do one without the other. As a matter of fact, he has John, way over in the book of 1 John, he has John say this, this commandment, have we from God that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. And then he goes further to say, for how can you say that you love God 
whom you have not seen, if you can't love your brother whom you have seen. There's the test. That's it right there. If we pass that one, we got it made. That's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy, and sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes we we have neighbors that are not very lovable. Uh, Sometimes we have people that, that that are difficult to get along with. Relationships is not always easy. It's like trying to hug a porcupine sometimes. You have to be careful if you're going to hug a porcupine. Uh, I'll just tell you this today, that God's call for every one of us here at, at the gathering would be to find a way, to find a way that not only could we proclaim our love for God, but find a way to love other people. And we love other people by serving them. And, and, and by reaching out to those, just like this church is doing here in this village. And so, to honor God is more than just lip service. Remember, Jesus said that, he said, these, he said there are some people who came to church that day. And then when the church service is over, he's standing at the back door and people are leaving out. And Jesus observes as some people were leaving. He said, some of you honored me with your lips. Today, but your heart was far from me. That was his observation. The one who knows all, the one who knows my heart, the one that that I can't fool, the one that that knows the good, the bad, and the ugly, the one who says, if you really want to honor me, honoring me is not about lips. Honor is a heart issue. I said, honor is a heart issue. And so may we learn how to honor God by truly honoring one another. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a, kind of an amazing concept in the Old Testament when God is speaking to Israel several times on the subject of honor. Of course, if we talk about honor, it's the first commandment, commandment with, with promise. Honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, we have come to live in a, in a nation where honor is almost gone. People where people do not honor. Uh, there was a time when our flag was honored. There was a time when our elders were honored. There was a time when the patriots of this country who have given their life to keep us free were honored. And, and we have seen that dissipate around us. And yet there's a clarion call from God to his church, to his people. Bring honor back. Bring honor back. Not only honor me, but honor my people. Here's how... In the Old Testament, honor was, to, was, was given. God spoke in the, in the book of Malachi chapter 2. He said, he said, I want you to beforehand decide how you're going to honor me. In other words, he said, don't just go with the flow. Well, let's see. Hopefully, this will turn out well enough that it will bring some honor to God. He said, no, no, no. you got to plan it. If you're going to, just like we, we planned this service, just like Pastor uh, and the staff planned this service. You don't, you know, if we're going to have honor today, there has to be some order. There has to be some structure. Somebody had to do some planning. And God said, if you're going to honor me, I want you to plan out the tithe, for example. Later in the fourth chapter, fifth chapter, the tithe, for example, the offering that was to be returned to the Lord, that was supposed to be thought out ahead of time. You didn't just go and just then, well, you know what, what am I going to do today? No, you pre-planned to honor God with the tithe or with the offering. You pre-planned to honor God with your life. How's things going to go at work tomorrow? 
Well, I don't know. I'll just have to play it by ear. No, 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 no. We can't play it by ear. You've got to plan to honor. And he said, if you plan to honor me, if you put that in your plans to honor me, he said, the blessings will flow to your life. But if you don't plan to honor me, he said, you'll find the enemy slipping in with, with destruction and curses and trying to hinder you and hold you back. So the call of God to us today is God wants us not only to plan our calendars for this week with all the appointments and all the job places that we have to be, but he wants us to plan on how we can honor him. How can I honor God this week? How can I make a difference uh, with that neighbor that, that won't even speak to me? How, how can I make a difference with, with, with my family, that, that daughter that, that doesn't return my phone call? What can I do? How can, because, because you see, honor is so connected. It's literally, it's two legs. You can't stand on one. You got, you, you got loving God on one, on one hand and loving people on the other. And there the two join. And may we walk in the purpose of God, listening to and honoring the name of the Lord. Amen. So very quickly, very quickly, how can I honor God this week? Well, we honor him by putting him first in our lives. By placing, and how do you do that? By placing value on the work of what Christ purchased at the cross. I honor God by placing value on what he purchased at the cross. By, by placing true value on that, by honoring my salvation, by saying, you know, wow, I'm saved. Wow, he, was, he would save me as many mistakes as I've made, as, as imperfect as I am, and, and how many times I've been on the mountain and then in the valley. Yes, he would, because it's called grace. It's called grace by, by, by faith through, through grace of, uh, the grace of God are we saved, and not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the grace of God that we are saved. I've, we need to put value on that, the healing virtue. Several of you have had miracles. It's, it's amazing to hear these wonderful miracle reports, and we just worship God and praise God with you. That's the way we can honor God, by putting value. Amen. We can honor God by honoring and providing for our families. See, some people think the way you honor God is coming to church. And that's one way. So some people think we, we can honor God by lifting our hands. And certainly that's one way. Or we can honor God by clapping our hands. Or we can honor God by reading the Bible. And all of those are wonderful ways to do that. But did you know that you honor God just as much when you provide for your family, when you love your children? Amen. When you put your arms around people that need, their, need your help and your hope. Amen. We honor God. Through our work career. Did you know you honor God by being at, being at work on time? You, you honor God by, by giving your employer a full eight, eight hours of work. <laughs> Somebody was on time. Uh, see, those are the ways that you truly bring honor to his name. You see, it, it's not just all these little cliches that we have. Well, I went to church. I, you know, I, got, I, I, I put in my tithing envelope. I, you know, I cooked a meal. You know, I, I did all, I checked off all the blocks. I worshiped. When they asked everybody to pray, I bowed my head. All of those are great. But the truth of the matter is, it, it's not really what we do out here that brings him honor. It's what we do in here. It's, it's what we do out there. It's when we leave this room today 
Am I going to leave honor behind? Is, is, is honor on that board up there today? Is honor on the screen? Where is the honor at? Is it truly in my heart to honor and make a difference for my world and for my family? So we honor God when we are productive. We honor God when we submit to the authority that God has placed in our lives. Amen. We honor God with our finances and wealth, Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crop. We honor God through our giving and through our stewardship. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. We honor God by honoring our parents. We honor God in everything we do. We honor God today by honoring this man, Pastor David Butler. We honor God by honoring him. That you have chosen him to be your pastor. That's an honor. That today this pastoral staff will be ordained to a fuller, more powerful revelation and grace of God. That's an honor. Amen. That's how we honor God. By setting these standards in our lives. And people should see the depth of our character and the spirit of excellence, excellence in us. And know that we are truly children of God. So that we don't ever have to say, I'm a Christian. No, people can look at us and say, there's something about her. There's something about that young lady. There's something about that young man. There's something about that older grandfather that just lets me know he knows Christ. And that happens when I love God and then I love each, I love each other. In just a few moments, we're going to be calling for the staff to come forward. But I want to... I want to close this message today by just telling you a brief story from the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. It's the story of Joseph, son of Jacob, the young son that was given the coat of many colors, uh, that had the dreams and was hated by his brethren. They sold him to the Ishmaelites who took him down to Egypt. There he became a slave, uh, finally was sold to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him. He's cast into prison. Uh, his life is in a horrible mess, and he's there for a number of years, and finally God brings him through that and out of that. And, uh, and then the dreams that he had as a child began to come forth. And, and Joseph is chosen by Pharaoh to be prime minister and uh, to, to lead the, the, everything that had to do with commerce, and there's going to be famines that, that the king had dreamed about. And so Joseph was put in charge of all of that. And the, the famine becomes very harsh, and it affects all the countries around about. And Jacob, who has believed now for nine years that his son Joseph is dead. As a matter of fact, he has, they, the boys had killed a, a lamb, a goat, and put the blood on the, on the coat of many colors and took it back to Jacob. And said, is this, is this your son's coat? And he's weeping. And, and so now he's got false evidence, and he's kept that false evidence. He's hung on to it. All these years, every day he takes it out and looks at it and he grieves over, over Joseph. Not knowing that Joseph is not only alive, but Joseph is alive and well and is the second in command in Egypt to Pharaoh himself. Finally, Jacob sends his sons. They go to Egypt. He, they, they, the boys buy food from Joseph. Joseph doesn't tell them who he is. He recognizes them. They don't recognize him. They come back the second time. And this time he's asked that they bring Benjamin, their younger brother. Uh, he sees Benjamin. He gives all the grain that they need. But this time he goes behind the servants, goes behind uh, 
at the command of Joseph and said, I want you to take my cup, my silver cup, my, my personal cup, and I want you to put it in the sack that belongs to Benjamin. And then when they leave, after they've gone for a while, I want you to go overtake them and tell them that the king's cup is missing and search the bags and bring the person back to me that has the cup. And so they did. And uh, it's an incredible story. You know, Jesus, Joseph was a type of Christ. He's probably the greatest type of Christ in the Old Testament. And uh, here's, what, here's, here's what Joseph's plan was. Joseph's plan was the introduction to the cup into his life would bring a restoration and a revelation. He wanted so badly for them to know who he was. He, he wanted to embrace them. He wanted to hug them. He wanted to weep on their shoulders. He wanted to see his father alive again. And the cup was his way of bringing Benjamin and his brothers back to the king. And so the story unfolded. They found the cup. The boys returned. Joseph is revealed before his brethren. He does something so amazing, I think so amazing. He sends all the Egyptians out. He would not embarrass his brethren. He would not uncover this family secret in front of strangers. He sent all the Egyptians out. And then he revealed himself to them alone. That's how you really know that you've forgiven somebody. When you'll make sure that the Egyptians are not, don't celebrate against them. Send the Egyptians away. And then finally, the cup. It's, it's, it's called the cup of ministry. It's called the cup of serving. And most people seem to be happy just to escape Egypt, which is a type of the world coming into Canaan. We're, we're, we're pretty happy to escape Egypt with just the grain we've got in the bag. And so we're happy. We, we live our lives with all the grain. But if you look close enough in every sack, in every heart, Pastor David, in every life, there's a cup. It's called the cup of ministry. It's, it's called the cup of service. We, 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 may not, we, we may not all can be a Tilly. Or, and we may not all can be a, a Pastor David Butler. But I can tell you something. All of us can find a way to serve God and others. My challenge to you today and to myself would be look through the sack of your life. Look through all that God has so bountifully given you and blessed you with. And in that search, don't overlook the cup. It was in Jesus' bag. He, he looked at it and first said, if it's possible, don't let me have to drink this cup. Let it pass from me. Remember the story. Nevertheless, not thy will, but mine be done. It was in Paul's cup bag. It was in Peter's. And thousands and thousands since that day. All the way down through history until this morning. And I can assure you, if you look close enough, there's a gift, there's a calling that maybe you've not ever discovered. We get too busy making a living. We get too busy fulfilling dreams and goals. But somewhere in my bag, there's a cup. And you know what that cup's put there for? It was put there to bring me into a better understanding and a closer relationship with the king. The cup always brings you home the cup always brings you back to him 
No matter how successful we are, we need him, don't we? We need him. And the truth is, he needs us. He wants us. And he will use every person in this room. So today, I am asking for the pastoral staff that is going to be honored today to please come and stand here before me. And I am going to ask uh, Mr. Tilly Bergen, Director of Mission Arlington, to please come to the platform. This is an amazing woman of God. If you know anything about Mission Arlington, you know that she and her vision and the staff and the volunteer staff have not only changed the spiritual atmosphere and, and horizon of, of Arlington, but the Metroplex and the world. And we honor her and the work that's still being done today. And uh, we can't think of a person more qualified to stand here today with, with you all than her. To read the charge uh, that is given to every man and woman since Paul gave this charge to Timothy, that young pastor in that wonderful church of Ephesus. And so today, I want you to listen to her and any other remarks she may have to say, and then we're going to invite your family to come forward. I can talk to you without the microphone. Can I do that? Can I just put this it's down? It's on. It's on. Okay. Uh, moments. We've already worshipped. This is beautiful. But to you, um, what I'd like to do is um, read First Peter, fourth chapter. 10th and 11th verse. Each of you has received a gift to use to serve others. Yes. Be good servants of God's various gifts of grace. Anyone who speaks should speak words from God. Anyone who serves should serve with the strength God gives so that in everything God will be praised yes. through Jesus Christ. Power and glory belong to him forever. And I'd just like to say to each one of you individually, Brother Dave, Pastor Dave, the challenge here is for you to, to present the Word of God. Truth. You don't have to add to. You don't have to take away. Amen. You speak the truth. And when you speak the truth with the Word of God, your life, of course, exemplifies that. And it's already been said, no one has to wonder who you are. It will be made known Amen. by the word of God that is in your heart. The words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart will be acceptable to him always. And then uh, Bob Kimball. Of course, it's only fitting that I go to Nehemiah. 
And I think about Nehemiah's life. Yes. And I think about your life and what you are and who you represent. And so I come back to the scripture as Nehemiah was weeping when he discovered the brokenness of Jerusalem and his people. It wasn't about the buildings. It was about the hearts of the people. Where did they go and what can I do to fix them? That's what you do. You restore. Yes. You bring life back mm -hmm. to a community and you give life. But your first thought when you were in my office, you and Carrie together, where can we build the church? How can we build the church in a community that wasn't built yet? So your priority was church. Yes. And you will continue to do uh, that. And uh, uh. I don't see you as associate anything because of the vision that you have. The Lord said that we are to have a vision. What is the vision? It's so evident that it's God in your life and restoration is who you are. And then, uh, Kate, I've got a chance to work with you in areas of keeping things clean and in order, trying to keep the critters away and things like that. And I'll say to you, you are excellent. You are excellent as I listen to you even today. And the scriptures say, let everything be done in right and orderly ways. That's in First Corinthians. In fact, I've I went, went to a lot of trouble to try to find all these scriptures today. But let everything be done in right and orderly ways. That's who you are. But you will never let that, the organization, overtake you. You don't let the description of, oh, this is neat and this is clean, the chairs are in order. But your life will be focused on the people. Yes. And you're, you exude that even when you want the warmth in your own heart. You will do everything according to God's plan for you. And then, um, John, you're the worship. Wow. I'm going to clone you and take you home with me, okay? <laughs> and in Psalms 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. With yes, you. amen. Know you that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us in our lives. We're his sheep. Sheep of his pastors enter to his gates with thanksgiving and into his hearts with praise and be thankful unto him. And that's what you do. And his worship. I've often said when the, when the music's over and there's no sermons and nobody knows my name, I will still worship God. And I see you. And you will do that. And Ryan, you're the warrior. Right there. <laughs> You're the youth minister and a lot of other things I know. But I've watched you with the young people, and I think in 1 Timothy 4, command and teach these youth, do not let them treat, let, let anyone treat you, this is Timothy, Paul to Timothy, as if they were unimportant. And so what I see in your leadership with the youth, every one of them are significant. You know every one of them by name. You come and get buses for them. <laughs> you lead them. You teach them. You are an example yes. that they can follow you. And Becca, where are you about that? Becca, the scriptures, of course, talk about when the people said to you, don't let the children come, what would you do? You, you, yeah, <laughs> you'd get rid of those folks who said, and Jesus was probably more kinder than you would be, you know? And so... Let the children come. That's what the scriptures say. 
And even when you drive our buses for the camps and the, ch the children yes, yes, are yes. just drawn to Jesus, not to you. You make it real clear. It, they're, they're, you're talking to them about Jesus, already planning camps, already doing things that would honor Jesus. But those little children, it's just like the little kid yesterday that got in trouble at school and he had to go to after-school program. But what he said to his pastor was, it's okay because I can tell more people about Jesus, <laughs> even if I'm in trouble. <laughs> And that's what you do. We see that in awesome. your life every day. Everyone loves to be with you. And then, David, I thought, well, I don't know that we had technology. <laughs> but here's the scripture I went to. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and, and it came up with Luke, the eighth chapter. After this, while Jesus was traveling through some cities and small towns, he preached and told the good news about God's kingdom. The 12 apostles were with him. I've watched your life. And everything you do is we talk about technology. You do it so people can know the word of God. That they can know Jesus. Amen. Everything you do at the mission. Oh, and that's I know good. out here. That's good. So that's it could good. be clear. It could be clear. And people won't have that static. And you work at it and you work at it and you work at it. Sometimes I have to say, go on home. <laughs> But you're so faithful to the message and the call of God. Let me close with Luke. If I can find Luke. The 10th chapter. And this is, I, I don't know what a charge is, Pastor Glenn. But this is something that means a lot to me. When Jesus went out to send out his disciples you know first 12 and then they kept growing and then they were about 72 in chapter 10 verse 17 when the 72 they were pretty successful and they went out and they gathered people and they did great but when they came back when the 72 came back they were very happy and said lord we've even even the demons obeyed us when we used your name and jesus said i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven Listen, I have given you power to walk on snakes, scorpions, power that is greater than the enemy has. So nothing will hurt you, but you should not be happy because the spirits obey you, but because your name is written in the Lamb's Book yes, of Life. Amen. Because of salvation, God is equipping you to carry the word to the ends of the earth. Amen. Wonderful.